or you're searching for a, a CRM or something, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I remember HubSpot. You know, I've seen them around. Like, for sure, there's a complementary factor of like, what else are you doing, right? Because if you're not doing anything else, and then you just try to do PPC, you might struggle. Totally. Yep. So you want to talk about that then? Talk about the state of inbound, not the state of inbound, but just a little bit on inbound. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 91. Who do we have? Kevin Butler. Michael Turkzani. All right. Wing It Unhinged. Unhinged, but we're not at 100 yet. Yeah, we're not 100. Yeah, it's been summer. <laughs> We've been slacking. We've been traveling. True. Um, True. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll ramp it up. Uh, okay, so we're, we're, Unhinged is the reflections of a marketing agency. Reflection of, is that what we call it? reflections of what we're seeing in this digital landscape so the vantage point we have across 200 some clients um almost 300 almost 300 how, how, how shy of 300 are we closer to 250 it's like 240 something oh, god i thought it was more than that okay well we gotta shut this down and go get some more deals <laughs> and of course uh, all the all the goings on we see across whether it's email and marketing automation digital marketing, even sort of, we were just talking about reporting and attribution and we'll just kind of chalk into data and insights. Yeah. Uh, and even strategy on top of that. So a uh, lot's going on as far as things for us. But that's the theme, on. if you want to say theme yeah. of this, of this podcast sub-series. Sub-series. Reflections. Yeah. More and more of that than thought leadership, although it kind of plays into it because we're talking about stuff that people might considered to be thought leadership be yeah like i think your and i's perspective is sort of always a little bit on the the lens of strategy right we're just thinking about well, why is that the case and here's what we're seeing and even making small jumps to repercussions or sort of advancements based on whatever it is that we're seeing so i think you get a little bit of that flair just naturally but yeah we'll try to stay as factual as possible okay so we started to riff on the state of inbound or i don't know what we're calling it but like a bunch of our clients sort of revamping their paid their paid meet their pay-per-click stuff they're they're kind of more some of the some of the keyword buying maybe even some inbound search organic mm -hmm. kind of stuff but we started talking about just like you know what what's this look like now and kind of right now 2023 going forward we've certainly seen people have a lot of success with it and it still is 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 strong from a pipeline and a revenue perspective or or like at the very least profitable you know something that that they wouldn't want to just remove out of their program should be should be there's others that are kind of struggling with it you know there's mm -hmm. spam leads there's a bunch of stuff in there on, on optimization so I mean, let's just go into that for a little bit, what, what that's been like. Yeah, I think to me, like there's definitely a bit of a discrepancy that I'm seeing more and more as far as um, percentage of, call it quality leads, mm -hmm. uh, coming from paid search endeavors across organizations. And I think um, to your point, it still makes up a meaningful part of overall how you're going to go and build qualified pipe and hopefully... Um, revenue associated with um that inbound spend but to me it's like it's just so murky now it's just not black and white like perhaps it once was now there you've got 
all kinds of other considerations and what I'll call external factors, right? And even how are you approaching paid? Is it from, say, what you deem to be high intent mm-hmm. um, keywords and terms, or is it more on sort of brand terms? Mm-hmm. And there's two organizations that I work with really closely that we've been experimenting on that, where the more we seem to invest on um, brand and awareness level keywords across both Google and even LinkedIn, the more organic leads come through. Mm-hmm. And there's, we've done this in one of my clients, um, great reputation, great brand in their, in their space. Um, but we've done this on three different style of campaigns with three different types of audiences. And each one has done this right to a point where I think we can quite clearly correlate and connect increase spend usually seems to have about a two to maybe four week sort of delay. And then you start seeing all of a sudden, um, this, you know, initially perceived organic lead volume just increase. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, it's, I mean, Google analytics gives you some ability to sort of see, you know, the, the, you know, the capture rate of traffic between paid and, and if it like originated from paid mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but that not all that always that attribution is, is really bulletproof as we know. Yeah. But I wonder, you know, with, cause you talked about the strength of a brand in an environment, um, and how that actually can can you know upweight the, the the likelihood of somebody sort of going through your PPC ad, right? Yeah, and I think that's a good point. You know, if you, I think there's a lot of customers that we work with though that don't have maybe you know a, a highly recognized brand in in their segment. They might they might be a player in their segment, but like a a, a customer coming into that environment, say, oh, I want to change my accounting system or whatever. And well, they're not up to speed on all the service providers in the accounting and you know what I mean? Well, that, and I think so. Like that makes sense, right? Like when you think of um, any sort of, this is more of a B2B comment, but any sort of category, you're going to have leaders and, and challengers. Sure. And I think typically you've seen behavior from the leaders are, hey, we're the leaders. We don't necessarily have to go as heavy and invest as much mm-hmm. um, in inbound because we kind of have, if there is any demand, they are likely going to come to us first already because we're a leader. Correct. And so the challengers will say, we have to kind of make up for that, that we're not the perceived leaders. And that's why we're going to go invest probably a bit more Mm. um, in those terms. I think that makes sense. And we've definitely call it since COVID, we've seen a lot of the leaders really pull back on paid spend as a means to save some cash or reallocate it in other places. I think Salesforce and HubSpot were two of the ones that were, um, pretty well documented as doing that. And it kind of makes sense. Like they're, they're pillars in their spaces. Like yeah. who, who's looking for CRM or marketing automation and solutions and yeah, not looking sure. at them. So maybe they feel like they've crossed that bridge where they're like, we're, we're in every RFP where any search selection process is going to include us probably like nine times out of 10. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll maintain our, our, our branded keyword campaign. So Salesforce mm. X, you know, we want to make sure we, run those ads but i mean can you imagine what they even spend on that oh yeah i'm sure it's a lot yeah yeah but i think for a lot of organizations that come into this they think well you know what's the time frame to sort of figure this out uh how much of a budget should i have um you know what really should i expect and I, if we look at say goose and our and our spend in this area it's actually a little scary because the way we set up our campaigns they could spend way more money than we actually have 
So the way they're configured, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they, they could spend you know, half a million dollars a year. We're not going to spend half a million dollars a year by any stretch of the imagination on search, right? And we don't even spend anywhere close to that. No. But the way we've had to sort of like optimize and, and, and work with them is to sort of figure out, well, what would that threshold be? Like, well, how much is available to us? We want to get in on the, auc- the best auctions at the right time. We don't want to be constrained by budget. It doesn't mean we don't get, you know, spam leads. We do. I think a lot of B2Bs are, are facing this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean we don't get pipeline deals that don't turn into anything because they're they're not a fit. But, you know, every time we look at these numbers and we did, you know, our, our roll up, you know, whatever the beginning of this quarter for last year, all of last year, every time we look at it, we're like, it, it still makes sense. You know, we're seeing a, a return on investment of several dollars over marketing spend every, every year, some really great accounts to get into, you know, what's the conversion rate? Yeah, it's still probably in around that 20% range. So mm-hmm. it's not like, like on deals. So it's not like we're knocking everyone out of the park. We'd certainly love it to be higher. And yes, it consumes sales resource to have to go through all those conversations just to sort of lose a bunch. But when we look at the numbers, we're like, well, we would still take the revenue and the deals that we are winning all day long. Right. So I think it's like for companies to looking to get into this, it's like, how do they wrap their head around that process to say, when can we be convinced that this is either a channel that could work for us or maybe not work for us? All sorts of considerations there. I think the very first one would be the price point on your average deal. Mm. And does it actually make sense? Like if each of our deals, like just thinking about kind of the cost of our, our average click, if each of our deals were like 10 bucks, no, it probably wouldn't make sense, right? Right. So I think we get um, a lot of benefit there where if really our conversion is about the same, kind of like you were saying, and we only really have to close one to three out of every 20 paid clicks, then, yeah, we probably are going to end up all right. Yeah. Not to mention we have the ability, like, on the the average life and value of our clients yeah, we, we can probably get two, three, maybe four engagements total. We'll end up really, really good in the end. So it depends on the organizations thinking about this investment. Does that really make sense for them? Yeah. And I do think there's a sweet spot too in terms of thinking about your your average deal size or ACV and then even like the sales cycles and the length to actually get them. Like are you going to really pay, I don't know, a really high amount for clicks recognizing it's going to take nine to 12 months to close. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. And I, and that, that becomes very difficult for those organizations to really even track, Oh, you know, a year's worth of, of, of an investment, let's say, and it doesn't have to be crazy, but to be able to go back and really understand like, yeah, that, that, that deal that we did this year was in our pipe last year from a, from a keyword that we bought and, that's great. Thank God we know that because we don't want to stop doing those keywords, you know, even though like day in and day out, you're going to be looking at some level of spam, some level of deals that don't convert, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So I, it is really, it's really challenging, I think, for, for companies to wrap their head around this. And the, the best advice I think that, you know, we can give is sort of in the lens of, you know, work with a partner, I think that can give you a sense of the test environment. You know, hey, we want to run this for 90 days. Here's exactly what we're looking for. This is the size of the media budget that we think is going to give us the best bank. Like, 
if it's driven from the client lens of we only want to spend a certain amount and here's what we've only ever got over time, it, it, it's possible and highly likely that they don't actually know what what all those elements are and they're mm-hmm. they are missing the boat you know yeah we only want to keep our budget at x well maybe your budget taps out because the cost per click is what it is and you're not even on the you're not even in the your, your ads aren't even showing up when they should be type of thing right or you don't think, have enough budget left to get in those those oh, options. for sure so i think there's um there's three considerations you've got to have here when you're thinking about doing this consideration number one would be are you in a defined category or are you playing a central role in creating a new category? Mm -hmm. Because that's going to have a a material impact on the likelihood of individuals searching for things that you're buying keywords for and your ability to actually close those. Right. If it's a brand new category, no one knows they need this great new product that you offer. It's going to be harder. It just is. And your success rate will show that if it's a known category, it's like CRM support, that's a lot different than a brand new thing no one yet gets. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Number two is going to be, I think whoever you work with, with an internal team, an external agency, you have to have a thesis as to what you're trying to test and how long that's going to go for. Mm-hmm. I think 90 days to your point is probably the minimum. You're going to need time to build this. You're going to need time to optimize and try slightly different approaches to see what works and what doesn't work. Your initial baseline isn't going to say a whole lot other than, you convert X percent of the time. Can that be better? Did you really knock it out of the park? You don't know. And I think the third thing is going to be all about what do you define as success? Like what are the key things you're looking to do as part of that thesis and how do you connect it to actual results? Is it, we want to get three sales. Okay. Is that possible? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not. But also we're trying to really validate if these kinds of terms that we think are high intent in fact reflect that once we get through and talk to the lead. Right. Because it's one thing for you to think it's quite another for a potential buyer to um, support that or agree with it, right? Yeah. And I I think I would say that on top of that, you know, maybe adding a couple more would be, you know, in the vein of determining whether or not something is, um, you know, a known entity or that there's actually volume for what you... You sure. have, right? So we have the tools available. You can see how much you know search volume there is for these types of keywords and ancillaries. And and then you can also see the, the, the competition, right? So, oh, well, there's three or four other organizations. Yeah, we know even who they are. They legit compete with us. Mm-hmm. Oh, they've been running this. This is roughly their budget. These are tools that are available. There's, there could very well could be a reason why they're doing that. You know, so when you look at that from that lens, you might be like, well, we got to be there too. So then the second thing I would say is, you know, what are they doing? Like what, what are they promoting from both an ad copy perspective? Where are they landing? So that you're, you know, you're also considering the downstream impact of, of all those clicks, where are they going to land on? So your idea might be to have them go to some white paper download or just request a quote or whatever the case may be. Meanwhile, your competition has got videos and, all kinds of free data that that helps them get through the next step of what they're doing and also a form that lets them connect for, to a mm-hmm. salesperson. Well, now you've got a total mismatch of like experiences there. And, you know, I don't know about you, but when we certainly when I go to look for stuff, it's the first thing you're doing. You're 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 opening in a new tab, the three or four top top players that you do believe are that fit. Right. And then you're submitting the form on the ones that you think make sense. 
So if you're, if you're kind of not in that same realm, it could be a huge issue. So, yeah, those would be other, other tips I think that, you know, you would want to take into consideration beyond just buying the keyword. Right. Gosh. And then from there, like the, the amount of like things on that list, as far as what to do and how to handle them just starts blowing up. We won't get into it here, but it's even, what's the process for following up with a lead? Is there like an automated portion sure. of that? Uh-huh. Is there yeah. um, a uh, rep reaching yeah. out? Calendly link or some sort of quick All ability. That. Yeah. And then even goes into like, well, how are you qualifying the lead after? Like, what do you know about them? What's the research process? What are the questions you would ask to validate? Is it budget qualified? We think we think there's a need qualified based on the term, we think. Like, how do you approach it? What's the What's the way you do that? Yeah, all of these things are crucial. Yeah, are you just that. are you just a column fodder? One more, one more deal in a mix of of deals that are already happening, and now your reps are responding to these things, and they think they're great leads, mm-hmm. and they're actually not because the prequal isn't really what it should be, right? For sure. Like I, I think any of our clients that that I work with will laugh at this comment, but it, to me, there's such a huge difference between inbound. And, and sort of more outbound marketing. Mm-hmm. And what I always say is with outbound, you have gone and hand-selected all of the organizations that you want to work with that are probably really great fits for what you do and, and, and the products that you offer. There should be no question around like the fit factor. Yeah. Now, do they have the need? Is the timing right? You've got to figure all that out. But they're all initially qualified. Yeah. With inbound, though, you're only controlling the term in which someone comes to you and finds out about you. Sure. You have no idea if they're the right fit for you as far as like your offering, how much it costs. And so the the crude analogy I always make is like my mom might come in on a PPC and she's clicking around and driving lead scores and everything. And on the surface, it seems super engaged, but that's not a qualified buyer. And we have to ask the questions in the follow-up to make sure we understand that. Yeah. She would never be on my outbound list because I'm probably not going to sell to her. Sure. So those are sort of the differences and how you would approach them is very, very different. And to a pretty slick sales rep, they're like, intuitively, they already know that. Yeah. But there are distinctions, especially when you're scaling out a sales team with possibly a mix of lower level BDRs and more senior AEs and whatever that looks like. All of this factors into and goes back to the success rate on that paid spend. Yeah. So it's crucial on that alignment. We talk about alignment on every wing it or unhinged podcast but that's just kind of some of the factors that will determine success in some cases well outside of the digital marketers um responsibilities or sort of scope right and if you think of like it's not just it's not just about the keywords that you want to get you know buy on i think those search terms if you want to like segment it down and say our our number one goal is really to drive awareness within a space you know, and we want to become known for well, lots of people have done this, by the way, you know, we want to co- become known for the top, you know, Salesforce marketing cloud mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. support resource. And that's really our goal through a lot of this, you know, yes, downstream, they're going to find an ability to connect with us if needed. But our number one goal is to be that that provider of information. So a junior marketer to a senior marketer, when they need to know something, when they're trying to do something, and they're going to go and do a search for how to do it, we want to be there, we want to come through. So that's a way different goal, right? Then and you're going to be looking at impressions, you're going to be looking at time on page, and you're not going to be too bent out of shape with like, how many leads do we get from that? Because you're gonna be like, hey, no, we're, we're hitting our numbers. 
people are spending time on our blog. They're, they're getting through two, three articles every time they come to us. You know, they're downloading the free templates that we need. And, and by the way, they're free. They don't, they're not even gated. So like that's all, that's what we want. We've got huge presence within that realm. Well, that's way different than saying, no, no, no. We only want to get engagement from people that need Salesforce. Mark. Yeah. Oh, hey, the, the you're time you're, you're just, in a pinch yeah. and, and you need us. That's what we want. Now, you know, from a strategic perspective, you could say, well, they're actually very similar goals, right? Having a content strategy that supports that, but yeah, you're going to support a bunch of juniors. You're going to support a bunch of people that have no intention of ever working for an agency, but you may actually improve your ability to convert your paid media spend on, on a whole bunch more because you're now, right. like what you said earlier, well, now you're known as the top kind of thought leader or, or, or support provider in the space. Well, you're going to convert more people that actually need help, right? There could be, you're right. They're so different. There's some similarities for sure. I, I do think there's a level of time horizon yeah. that really goes into that. Like in those two scenarios, they couldn't be more sort of polar opposite on immediate goals. Like the first one, it's more of like the brand awareness play. And you're like, we're in this for the long term and we have a multi-year plan mm -hmm. to become the de facto associated thought on these particular terms. And then on, on the, on the other one, it's sort of, it's more sort of recency. Like we're trying to drive pipe this week, this month, this quarter. Yeah. Hopefully some of it may even close if your sales cycle is short enough, but they're very, very different at the end of the day. Yeah. Probably gets to the same place. Yeah. But again, time horizons is a huge thing. And for anyone listening, I don't know how long your time horizon might be like, you might have more immediate demands from, call it sales and marketing or just revenue, fill the pipe as quickly as you can with the best quality leads. Okay, then going in with like a brand and awareness and um, content strategy probably isn't your best play. No, but I also think it goes to what you said earlier about deal, um, you know, like deal cycles, right? If you if your deals are six to nine months at the at best case scenario, if, if like if that's say it was average eight month deal cycle, that means you're or nine month deal cycle, that means you're probably like six to 12 months, whatever the averages are, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, is it realistic for you to be going for the sale on all your on all your landing pages and all your keyword ads, and, and, and arguably whatever organic content that you have sort of supporting that coming up? Probably not. And in fact, you know, I would probably argue that the, the in that case, a sophisticated buyer is probably more likely going to respond to the concept that like, this isn't an, a quick decision. We already know that because it takes us that yeah. long to do deals, right? And as a result, here's what our plan is. Like, come to this, you know, training thing that we've done for free. And all you got to do is opt in and get the, the seven the seven seminars on what you can learn about this stuff or whatever the case may be. It's a different... It's a different thought process that a lot yeah. of, like you said, hey, I'm under the gun to drive MQLs. So what am I doing? I'm pumping a bunch of like kind of garbage leads through the pipeline. It's like you're not actually aligning this from a strategic perspective to your sales process. Right, right. And, you know, it's funny you say that. I was, um, I've seen a lot of what I would call like the stronger tech companies in various categories. They've sort of been doing this a lot more. And what I would call it probably the last few quarters where they're using like a LinkedIn, um, paid LinkedIn, to go and capture really top of funnel and more like awareness. Like, so I've mentioned them before, Chili Piper, mm. they're actually paying as part of their, their paid media uh, to capture individuals for their newsletter. Like it quite literally says, sign up for our Chili Piper newsletter. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's like about as high as you can get on the top of the funnel. Yep. And I guess they figure they'll work you down with, they've got really great content they do and they do a good job distributing it. And they're just like, you know what? We know what this looks like. Yeah. We're going to move an X percent of people through as we go. We have, I would assume ways to interpret and understand levels of engagement to know when they're ready to move forward. Yep. Um, so like, that's what we're seeing more and more And that. It makes a lot more sense to me than just being like, who wants the demo? Right. Well, that was kind of what we were talking about before, right? Is that now you've got all this, like in their space, they've become a thought leader backed mm-hmm. up with content. Now, when you do have people that are searching, they're probably more aware of that brand and then they can come through. So it sort of amplifies the search. And then you could say, well, from an, like you brought this up before we started, like the attribution of all that, you know, <laughs> does have to be kind of merged together to some degree because yeah. it's like, well, obviously you talked earlier about PPC bumping organic now you're going to have brand bumping PPC and like there's kind of a mix there. But I still think you you have to to be to be true to the channel. I think you have to look at it. I would I would imagine you'd have to look at that and say we're still going to try to measure our PPC as best we can on its own. Mm-hmm. And maybe you take some website leads there. And this is what we do because again, it's, sometimes it's difficult to really check out what's different between those two and try to factor in a return on ad spend. You know, you can't be sitting there losing a hundred thousand yeah. a year on PPC and then, you know, you know, feeling good about yourself because you've got a total, a total return on investment. That It's might true. Sense. I just think in, in a B2B setting, which is the majority of our, our audience, I just think using paid and viewing it through, only a lens of like direct response mm-hmm. is probably not cutting it anymore. Like that's, that's a bit of a weak position. I just think it's not cutting it anymore because it's not clear and buyer journeys are becoming increasingly more complex across devices and channels mm-hmm. and even just how decisions are made. Like there are decision-making committees for like $2,000 engagements. Right. So like imagine you're spending six figure, SaaS deals and all that stuff multi-year yeah like it, it it's going to be complex there's just no way around it yeah so that's that's definitely got to be a consideration like i the roas you're talking about it makes sense it just it cannot be viewed in that single lens only so there's there's an art to this uh, analysis okay all right well i think that kind of gets us to a decent place around uh unhinged um i mean yeah probably go go on and on and on about about this topic but you know that's fascinating yeah yeah i mean i think it's still something that you should have as part of your mix you know i think it's really important to have as we said before a mix right not just one thing and then the the third thing would be make sure you've got you know a something that the business can digest from a test from a testing perspective what are we actually trying to achieve and give it enough budget so hopefully you've got a partner or you've got a really capable internal that can sort of like map that out for you hey at the end of 90 days mm-hmm. yeah i'm asking for more budget than we typically would spend on on, on this thing but here's exactly what i why and what i'm looking for you got competitors here they seem to be doing it there's blah blah blah. i'm looking for these things after after that type of period so we're going to amp our spend up you know two three x for a period of time let us figure out whether or not this can add value to our business or not right totally agree Alrighty. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.